You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we begin the last chapter of Philippians as we continue in our series through the book. Pastor Josh preached from chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Now, this section contains what is likely one of the most popular and most quoted passages in all of Scripture. At some point, you've likely highlighted it, posted it on a sticky note somewhere, or even framed it on your wall. We love this passage because it deals with something we all experience at some level, worry and anxiety. On the podcast today, we're talking about what it means to flesh this passage out practically. We also discuss what implications Paul's instructions to think on things that are true, honorable, just, pure, and so on might have for dealing with parts of our stories that may seem dishonorable, impure, or unlovable. I love our conversation today and think you will too. Thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. All right, here we go. <laughs> Wait, let's try that again. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, Hi, Mike. Mike. <laughs> I don't know what just came out of my mouth. This is so go, but it was... <laughs> they didn't hear that. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I never, never know when Chase edits this thing, what he's going to include and what he's not. So um, anyway, you guys good? We're yeah. Better yeah. now. So, yeah, so we had the Thanksgiving holiday this past week, and uh, so I know a lot of people, I know our offices were closed for several days, and, and a lot of people were out of town and celebrating with family and friends. How, how, was, how was your holiday? Really good. Yeah. Yes. I ate way too much. It was great. Got some downtime, got to yeah. do a little vacation, do a little deer hunting, and ate a lot of food. Mm, yeah. But good. Yeah. But equally, walked a lot, so, I mean, I... There you go. That negates it, but you <laughs> walked a lot. a lot. Where did you walk? We were in Chicago. Oh, okay. So, so you walked around. We went to Chicago. You know, so the famous yeah. Thanksgiving spot for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would eat and then come to find out their Christmas parade is before Thanksgiving, yeah. and and oh. so we would eat at a place and then have to walk an additional mile or two to yeah. get around the route, the parade, gotcha. the parade route, and then eat at a different spot. So it's kind of like a progressive. The bean is closed. Did y'all go to the bean? Not this time. We okay. went last time. But it's closed. It is closed. It's like, yeah. it's like in a big open area. How do you How close, close the bean? Well, it's, like, a park. it's in a park. It's in the middle of the park, and they, yeah, they you can still see it from the road. But yeah, they have they closed the park? Yeah. Just what? like, is something wrong with the bean? I don't know. I, don't I just know it's closed. You can it's actually smudged. buy the souvenirs. You can't see yourself. It's like, <laughs> you need some Windex? What could go wrong with the bean? I mean, it's just a, you know, it's just a sculpture. Yeah. So, I have a Thanksgiving story real quick. Sweet potato casserole I may have made every year, and I always make it from scratch and get my sweet potatoes. Yeah. But this year, I used canned sweet potatoes. And? They were great? Over the top. It's People actually better. People cannot stop talking <laughs> about my sweet potato casserole. Uh, it's better with canned sweet potatoes. I, We've tried both. Truth. Truth. Yeah. I learned that this year. And like everybody's like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like, it literally took one-fifth of the time it normally takes. Were you angry about it or happy about it? Where'd you live? I was happy. Okay. Anything easier is great. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> and this year, I just got behind. So I thought, oh, I'll use canned sweet potatoes this year. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. That's great. Winner, winner, sweet potato. Dinner. You know, I take that Turkey back now that I've said that because I, I do remember, uh, I do remember Lori cooking, cooking some sweet potatoes. So maybe we don't use canned sweet potatoes. Real sweet potatoes? Hey, yeah. Question. You actually, you use puree. You just open a bunch of baby food and. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I'm, I'm quite confident yeah. we don't do that. All right, quickly, because we got to get to this. What is the best bite of food that you had over Thanksgiving? 
One bite. Oh. One bite. My mother-in-law's chocolate pie. Yes. Oh. I love chocolate pie. Yes. All right, Neil. Uh, I think I'll go with that as well. Her mother-in-law's chocolate pie. Her mother-in-law's chocolate pie. Yeah. I will say we tried to smoke our turkey for the first time on our. How'd it go? It, I mean, skin was rubbery. It was a, but yeah, for yeah. the first time it wasn't bad. Yeah, I'm proud of you. But yeah, mm. probably uh, a mother-in-law, my mother-in-law. Was, uh, I'm a fan of the chicken. I mean, the the chocolate pie. Yeah, chicken pie. Chicken pie. The chicken chocolate pie. Basically, I'm a fan of all food. Anything. <laughs> there you go. All together. I don't know if this is a mother-in-law thing, but yeah. my mother-in-law's buttermilk pie was no my best bite of food I had. No all things. All right, so far it's no all desserts. Yeah, yeah, sure. and mother in I'm going to go my dad's turkey. Oh, my go. dad my dad knows how to roast a turkey and mm. so you had yeah. every opportunity to affirm your mother-in-law and you, you completely you could, just abandoned ship. Wow. All right. Yeah. I, did, not listening. I didn't go to my mother-in-law's for Thanksgiving. So <laughs> how about that? So <laughs> ours I, I think for us it's it's the turkey. Yeah, we we oh, yeah. came across this uh this like recipe for turkey uh, mm. a few years back. And we do it on the smoker, and it and it's it always turns out spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And um, but like I would say, I don't know that there's anything we ate that I didn't really like. True. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, Chase, what was your bite? Rachel makes a fantastic side dish. What's it called? Uh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, she it's cauliflower and like white sauce casserole. Cauliflower it, and white sauce. Mm-hmm. Roasted, roasted cauliflower. Oh, roasted Interesting. cauliflower. And white sauce with Ritz crackers. I will absolutely. I, I won't do anything. I'll bring it. <laughs> Rachel can make it. Yeah, it. it's fantastic. And I love how you prompted for the what. Like, you know, it was like, yeah. hey, uh, Rachel makes this fantastic side dish. And then you prompted yeah, for like, uh-huh. what Audience is it? participation. <laughs> there you go. Points. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, well, I'm glad everybody had a good holiday. And uh, so it was good. We went, uh, oh. We went to Graceland. Oh, <laughs> I was Graceland Thanksgiving, but Chicago uh, and Graceland two famous so, Thanksgiving. So my, uh, I know I it's, went it's, to Pelahatchie. <laughs> 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 it seems like a really odd thing to do, but so my son-in-law uh, likes Elvis, and uh, and they were in town, and so we surprised him, and uh, he had never been to Graceland, so uh, we took him up there. Oh yeah. Next time you got to go to Graceland too. Graceland too. Oh yeah. It's, There's a Graceland too. Yes, sir. What is that? It is the the knockoff to the knockoff. Really? <laughs> You've got to go. Where, Where is, is it? it? Graceland T O O, just right outside of Graceland. Oh, right okay. I was, I was not aware. I was not aware. But we did eat some good barbecue. So while we were in Memphis, oh. um, there you go. Anyway. So, all right. Well, uh, jumping into the passage, I'm not stuck on Graceland too. <laughs> Imagine taking your son-in-law to the first time and being like a big reveal. Here we are. And like, uh, no. So wait, I have to know what 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 is it? Like, what's in it? It's like, uh, it's like a memorabilia <laughs> old house. <laughs> some dude like bought a bunch of stuff, and it's not Elvis's house. It's some dude's house. Really. Yeah, I think it's like six bucks, and you get to tour it. <laughs> well, that's that's a lot cheaper than what Graceland yeah. is. So. Well, that's lots Graceland too. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say I'm eager to go, but uh, next time we'll good. all go. Yeah, Broadmoor staff retreat. 
So hey, uh, so we we were uh, we were in Philippians chapter four. We started chapter four uh, this week, and uh, and we finished Philippians this coming Sunday, right? We so, will, Lord yeah. willing, because that's the end of the book. Yeah, if we get to Philippians five. Something went wrong. <laughs> Bad day. It's also the first day of Advent next week, so yes, uh, that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, Philippians one uh, or four verses one through nine is what we uh, what we looked at on Sunday, and I, you mentioned it in your message, uh, and I think everybody was thinking it. Uh, this is this is probably one of the more famous or popular passages of yeah. scripture. You know, uh, you you hear people. Uh, refer to it a lot. You see it a lot. Um, it, it's something that you know people like to frame and put up on walls and things like sure. that. You know, don't be anxious for anything. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So as you were approaching that, you know, n- knowing this passage was was just uh, one that, that people come to a lot and maybe even misinterpret. Yeah, I, I think they they certainly could. Um, but this this passage is incredibly special for me, um, and I think anybody who deals with anxiety, because anytime that we we want to be people of the word. We we go to the word and we want to see answers, like or at least we want to search for answers. And this seems like one of those those easy, uh, you know, go, go to your concordance in the back of your Bible and and look up the word anxiety, and then it's going to eventually point you to Philippians chapter four. And I don't think it's wrong to to look at Philippians chapter four to to understand it. But as I looked back at my notes, I've preached this text. I don't know, 10, 15 times uh, over the course of, of my recording my preachings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read some of them that were incredibly um, – deep's not the right word. I, I would say more serious and somber. And, and I look back on the date in which I preached them and, and, and kind of the life that I was living or, or going through around that time, and it seemed to be a really heavy season in my life. And I would say for people who are in that heavy season – this passage can be incredibly beautiful medicine for them um, to, to understand that, you know, we jump to don't be anxious. And that would feel like, well, I hear what it says, but I'm still anxious. So now, now I'm not only anxious about regular life, I'm anxious about not being able to do what the Bible tells me to do. But if you back up a little bit, it's telling you don't be anxious, not because you're able to in your own power or because you can control your life or because life's getting better. Don't be anxious because God's near you. Mm. Like there, there, there is the power of the entire passage in that verse. And so, as we look to this today, um, that is going to be the anchor. And, and what Pastor Richard led us in the week prior is the goal of the Christian life is Christ. Mm. And it could be thought if you think that way. Well, then I need to obtain Him because He's far off, and I need to get there. Well, the beauty of the gospel and of Christmas is Christ came to us, mm-hmm. and because that's true. We don't have to be anxious about anything. We don't have to be fearful in anything, but instead we can sit and be prayerful with him. Mm. So that's the beauty as we walk through this today. Yeah. So, and I think it's, we talked about this in in our life group, you know, this is one of those things where, one of those passages where I think it's really sort of easy to say, it's really easy to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's to to put it into practical, you know, to to actually put it into practice is, is, uh, it's a more difficult thing. Um, and I think, you know, uh, when we were talking before we recorded here, uh, you know, one of the things we said might be helpful for us to talk about is how do we practically, um, flesh this out, right? Um, you know, what does it look like in, in, in light of, uh, man, I mean, any, on any given week, uh, you think of the stories of the people in our congregation and the things that they're walking through, um, you know, 
difficult diagnosis or loss of loved ones or, or loss of job or, you know, you think of any, any kind of heavy, really heavy uh, thing that life might throw your way. And um, like, what does it look like to actually practically live with it without anxiety? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you read this, it's the whole idea of if I read it too fast and I don't think about it, then I think if I ever have anxiety or if I don't rejoice, then there must be something wrong. And, me, I, and, I, yeah. and I think we're all going to have those moments that we feel anxious. Right. We're going to have those moments that we don't feel like rejoicing. And I think in those moments, the thing to do is to remember. Um, to me, that remembering is such a powerful word and used often in, in the Scripture. Right. And it's to remember what? To remember what Christ has done and who he is and— and Paul even draws our attention to this. Now, like he's he's reminding us of here's what we know about who Christ is and what he's done, mm-hmm. and and that he's near, mm-hmm. um, that he's come. And so, um, so it's not saying, hey, you're you're never going to experience these things. It's when you do experience these things, you, you have to pause, you have to stop, you have to remember who Christ is and what he's done. And I and I think in those moments, we we've got to do that. We've got to. If we're not careful, we spiral into our own thinking, our own feelings, mm-hmm. um, the the things that we think are important, mm-hmm. and we begin to f- forget, or our, our vision becomes clouded of of who Christ is and what He's done. And so, to me, it's it's centered around remembering in those tough moments. Um, I think what's helpful in doing that is walking alongside others, mm. right? And so. Once again, we, we find ourselves always coming back to this is how do you walk together as the body of Christ mm-hmm. so that you always have people reminding you of those things as well, even in those tough moments. But so how do you how do you remember? Uh, like, how do you practice remembering? Uh, I w- to me, it all is foundational out of the word. Like so if I in those moments, I, I think if I've spent time in the word, those are the things that bring like the Holy Spirit uses that to bring things to bear in those moments. Um, so I think, I think spending time in the word helps us to Mm. remember, um, if I, if I push God aside in every way, then what am I going to think about? Right. Right. Uh, I'm going to think about myself. And so, so I think it's essential. There's some practices that we're called to, um, so that in those moments, God, God uses them through his Holy Spirit to bring them to mind. And I I think, yeah. And I think about a couple of things in my own life, you know, uh, scripture memory, like I find is really helpful in some of those moments. Like the, the spirit just brings passage to mind. Maybe something I haven't thought about or read in you know a long time. But yeah. but just supernaturally, you know, the Holy Spirit brings this thing to my mind, and it's and it's like just it's an encouragement or, or just to remember um, God's faithfulness. Another thing, you know, uh, and and I'll say my personality type is not one that that just gets overly anxious. Like I'm. You know, it's not something that I struggle with a lot. It's not to say that I don't worry at times and I don't get anxious nice, at times. Mike. But what's that like? But <laughs> my personality, I think, is just you know, it's just it's uh, I'm a little more laid back in, in some of those things. But when it does happen, you know, it, it's often helpful for me to go to go back and look at times in my life when when I remember being incredibly anxious, uh, you know, because of some circumstance or some some trial we were we were facing, and to look now and and to say, you know what. I'm still here and everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and God was faithful and, and, you know, 
I mean, I wouldn't want to walk through that again, maybe, but, but, but God was faithful to carry me through it. And, um, and this is going to be okay too. It's going to turn out fine. Man, what's, think, it, what's it like to be a healthy human? <laughs> to be healthy oh, in mental I'm, health? That, I'm unhealthy in many other ways. Thing, like, <laughs> I, think, I think for me, and I'm, I'm actually not in a great moment with this right now, but I think going back to scripture, the overarching um, you know, Genesis 1 is basically a poem about rest. You know, begins, begins with nothingness and ends with the Sabbath. And this is how does the creator know when to stop? and when to start and the ability to rest. I think one of the best, most helpful things I've learning to practice is Sabbath because what Sabbath does is slow me down, Mm -hmm. take away all distractions. If I turn off all the devices, turn off all the noise and walk Mm -hmm. slowly, linger and have time to reflect on who God is Mm -hmm. in that season. I think without that, um, speed bump that moment I think you see it all throughout scripture but especially like you see it in Ezekiel Jennifer's reading plan we talked about it this week and it's the weekly practice of Sabbath yeah. begins to create a healthier posture and a healthier rhythm in the way which we do life to keep us from spiraling hmm. um, it just it, it, it intercepts that cycle and forces it to either you have an intentional decision at that point I can continue moving too fast yeah Inspiring, or I can slow down. So to me, remembering is really aided by a practice of Sabbath. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. So I, go ahead. No, I I would just go back to the question you asked, Neil. How do we how do we remember? Um, I think Paul does give us the his version of how how we should remember, and he talks about whatever is true and honorable mm-hmm. and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. That we're to think on those things, and I think to Sean's point, I think we have an opportunity to do that individually. But a lot of times, our mind gets clouded by our current mm-hmm. state, and if you're not in a good state, it's really hard to get yourself out of that bad state and into a better one. So you need the help of others. Mm -hmm. And so you have trusted friends who can come Mm -hmm. alongside you to help you objectively say what is true, what is honorable, what is just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. And then on the other hand, I know we had a question that came in, um, but on the other hand, I think that's the beauty of counseling. Like I, I think that's the beauty of having someone who as a profession helps you take those chaotic thoughts and calm them at least mm. to a, a manageable rate, and then to begin to sort those things out. Mm. I know sometimes potentially we can come to this text and think, okay, well then I'm only going to think happy thoughts. I'm drinking out of a mug right now that says "Be Happy" that I got from the mustard seed. It's one of my favorite mugs. Look at it every day. The the warmth of it is a good thing. It, it does. When I when we read through this, we should not think that. Paul is being Pollyanna or Pollyanna uh, in, in the sense of, <laughs> was, uh, I don't know where good. that came from, uh, in the sense of you you can't have a sad day or a bad day or, or if something bad happened, you just got to bury that down and you put a smile on your face. That's not at all. what it, It's mm. Paul. Like he has been beaten and shipwrecked mm. and lied about all the things. But there are things that still in our hurt and in our pain and the darkness of our story, there's truth that we need to believe. Because the enemy wants us to believe the lie. There's things that are honorable and just because the enemy wants us to believe the things that are dishonorable and unjust or, or pure and lovely we need to, to circle around instead of the unpure things yeah. and the unlovely things. And we need people on the outside, That's but right. I would say trusted people, to objectively allow us the opportunity and safe space to take those thoughts captive and begin to process them. Yeah. yeah. So you um, 
So, so you just kind of you kind of went there. Uh, you referenced a, a question that came in, and, and we did have a church member ask a question, and uh, there was, I think, it was a much lengthier question than what I'm going to try to distill it down sure. to. But um, but uh, it really has to do with those verses eight and nine, mm-hmm. where where Paul says to to think on whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely. Um, and so the question being, uh, you know, in light of those instructions. Uh, what are we to do with the things in our story that are painful or traumatic and, and maybe seem dishonorable or impure or unlovable? Like, um, what do we do with those mm. things? You know, good news. We have Beth Bowman here who would love to, to give us an answer on that. And <laughs> we have... The look of sheer panic on her face right now. <laughs> I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up, Beth. Hang on. And, it up. Yeah. and we Keep have going. Dr. Neil Marsh, <laughs> yes, who is a PhD yes. in psychology who is going to give us the answer above all answers I yield today. my time to Dr. Mark. <laughs> that is so uncool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll put the ball on the tee and then we can swing at it. Yeah. Uh, for me, three words came up as you were asking that question. Um, the gospel, uh, practices, and relationships. Mm-hmm. So let me go with the – we'll go with relationships first. I think as, as Josh was saying, I think uh, depending on what our stories include, all of us have broken pieces. Um that are in the process of being, if we surrender those to Christ, to, to being re-imaged, uh, renewed, recreated into something beautiful. And so relationships become the thing. If it's friendships or a marriage or a counselor or a minister or a pastor, um, helpful relationships is it's a key. That's the picture mm-hmm. from the garden all the way on. Um, as you said, you know, different stories and different pain, either that we've experienced or we've inflicted. Um, require certain degrees of of relationships in our life. Um, sometimes a counselor is exactly what we need. Sometimes a pastor or a minister. All those are beautiful. Quite often, healthy friendships in a small group are right. are more than enough to do those things. Um, for me, I go back to a Hebrews ten. You know that we are to gather together to stir one another up mm-hmm. to to greater looking more like Christ and how we love and do good works. I think so. The overarching story of Scripture includes relationship. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two is the gospel, um, which is uh, for us remembering in our thoughts. For me, there are four pieces of the gospel, which is there's the good news, which is that there is a holy God who always initiates and pursues us. Uh, we should expect that we're going to break it, uh, sin, something, we're going to reject something. Uh, that God in his love, buys back what we give away freely and that then our faith reconciles us to a life on purpose and that life is not just about our salvation but a life of going back to, to Romans 12 renewing of the mind and so for me I have to impose that gospel frame on wherever I'm at uh-huh. and it's not just about my salvation it's about living in faith wherever I'm at in those thoughts so then I go to practice um, so for me the practice of how we handle anxiety um is this is really important because you have to practice truth. I think in Paul's writings here. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I have to do is, um, and I'll speak for myself rather than people who I work with. Um, it's hard for me to see truth in That's the right. moment. That's right. When Same. I'm, when I'm uh, in my my marred image bearer state of being broken, I most want to find comfort in the broken pieces and the lies that the enemy's told me. Um, Can you say more about that? Because I feel that we, we find comfort yeah. in staying in the broken as opposed to coming into the, the light. Why? 
Um, I think it, it, it's, it's a lie. Like the enemy convinces us that we're safer in the bushes, so to speak, from Genesis 3, mm-hmm. that we're safer alone. Um, it, it, is a, it is a constant spiritual warfare um, that says that we're better off in hiding in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so anything that f- allows us to do that feels uncomfortable for us. Um, it's back, back to Colossians. We'll settle for substitutes over the substance. Right. Um, I believe it's too dangerous for me to tell my wife where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I will choose to kind of hold those things back from her or my friends because they would never, it's not either, I think it's not that big of a deal or it's too big of a deal and they can never love me in it. Um, So I I think the enemy convinces us, hey, there's no one else as bad off as you. You better hide that stuff. Um, You're not going to be loved. It's not safe for you. Mm. Therefore, cover up and just weather the storm. Man, I I think that's beautiful. And (laughs) You should be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You should have a PhD in something. But I think that's the, I think we've talked this before, uh, with, our, with our sin, our broken pieces, the enemy wants to isolate us. Holy Spirit wants to bring us into relationship. The mm-hmm. enemy wants to us to feel condemned. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit wants us to feel convicted. Right. Um, the, whole, the enemy wants us to be isolated and alone um, and have chaos. The Holy Spirit wants us to have order and harmony in our life. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we... We quick we can if we have friends who will see that in us and we acknowledge it, um, you know that that leads us to a healthier spot. Um, like this week, like um, where we're gonna, I think we have a seven. We have two dogs. One's seventeen. One's eleven. A mom and a son. Um, the seven. We're gonna. I think we're gonna put her to sleep. The seventeen year old on Friday. Mm. What? Um, yeah. I'm so sorry, buddy. And so for me, like it's a dog, clearly, right? Um, but it's also like in our house for seventeen years. I know. Mm. And it's what's interesting about it, it's popping up all the grief stuff from my dad yeah. mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. And so what I most want to do, I mean, as a guy, I'm like, it's a it's a dog, right? So it's kind of embarrassing to say. No. But what's what's been an extraordinary opportunity is for me to talk to Jennifer and Catherine, let them know those things as we're doing what you do in those mm-hmm. seasons. But the reality is all of us at any given point, we never know where the other person is um, working through soft spots mm-hmm. that are just because of natural pain and, and loss in our lives, right? And when we bring those seemingly not insignificant, but um, almost embarrassing might be the right word, or like I would just rather not talk about it. Mm-hmm. When we bring those to our brothers and sisters and just say, hey, I want you to know this about me. This is where I'm at this week. Yeah a beautiful thing occurs, mm-hmm. which is we share it. it right. They shine light on it, mm-hmm. and it's it can become more truthful yeah. with feedback given to us. Um, and so we just don't practice that well mm. as people, but especially in the church. We give the, how you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. Rather than going into the minutia of insecurities on a given week, mm-hmm. um, anger, shame, embarrassment, and yeah. just be, letting that, infuse our conversations hmm. those small things lead to great results later on that's right because we're no longer in isolation and hiding that's but right. we're just known and it leads to that individually for you yeah. and also collectively for the body that's right uh, that's and right. we didn't talk about this in the pregame as we were getting ready for this podcast but that is what the remaining portion of chapter four is about mm. paul ends 
leaving this section into kind of the family of God. Like he, right. he, it's the name, the names, but essentially it's, man, we, we've done this work and here are the people. Yeah. And, and there's something beautiful to that when we get to this place with one another. And again, I, I don't think Paul's uh, purpose in writing this was uh, getting us to a counseling session. Um, but I do believe that Paul's purpose in writing this is to get us to the healthiest version that we can be this side of eternity to be useful for gospel work. Yeah. Um, because you're right, I, I think, because you, when you said that, I don't know if I would have put it in those words, but when you said it, it, it felt like it fit like a jacket, man, that that we would rather sit in the untruth. Mm-hmm. We would rather sit in the distrust. Like, I, I would rather that. And that's true. When I look at that, like, I see this as a joyful call to something better and more, but I do find comfort yeah. in the untrue. Like, I find comfort in when I talk about those ruminating thoughts that I hate. I love hate them I, because they're comfortable to me because they're always there. Yeah. Um, I think I think you see Paul's language in toiling and struggling at Colossians at the end of chapter mm-hmm. one or the renewing of your mind or taking off the old man, putting on the new man. Mm-hmm. For me, what that is, is I have to, sometimes I will journal. This is the more of the practice thing, that yeah. third word I was looking at, which is practice, which is uh, as simple as I'm going to write down everything I'm thinking or feeling right now. Just on yeah. could be his left side of the page, and then I'm going to go over here and go, okay. And you said this in your summary. What's true? What's true, yeah, what's true right. about these things, and what's right. false? Same. And then that's so that's the work I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then to bring that to my trusted friends or my counselor or my pastor and go, hey, I want you to know this. What are you seeing in it? And trusting them with it. Mm-hmm. That's coming out of the bushes even more, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, I would even say Paul writes, "Hey, think on these things, mm-hmm. so that we're reminded." that the things that we embrace and find comfortable are not true, right? Yeah, that's so right. So he's, he's, he's calling us back to, you, you use the, the whole idea of the gospel, like, and, and going back to last week, just Christ being our chief purpose, like he, he's our chief pursuit. Um, and so that whole idea of if we're not careful, if we don't hold things in light of the gospel and what is true, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, if we don't hold things in that, then we make it about... The brokenness rather mm-hmm. than the gospel. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the tendency is with that, I see is like to go back to your question that was asked, if we have stories that include trauma that we experienced or inflicted, the te- a tendency we have is either to do one of two things with that story. We either hide it mm-hmm. or we make everything about it. When in fact, we're living a life of victory, learning to live in a life of victory. So when we share our stories, it is one that we should include in our stories when helpful to others and ourselves. Right. But it doesn't mean that's the only thing about our story. Right. There's a right. greater picture being played out in our story that mm-hmm. we have to continue. It continues to be shaped and formed, and so yeah. we can share that further we on. We are not what has happened to us or what we did. We are a child of God. Right. And that is a part of our story mm-hmm. that the Lord is using in written that's right. ways. That's right. That's good. That's great stuff. Mm. So I want to uh, I want to move us along toward the end of that, that same passage uh, toward... Uh, just a thing. I, I don't think you had time to th- to speak to this on Sunday, Josh, but you did bring it up in our pregame conversation here, because uh, you get to the end of that passage that you preached from, and where Paul talks about thinking on what's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, all those things, um, and then he ends by saying, "What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you." Um, so two things I think that, that would be good for us to talk about. One, uh, you pointed out that it says the God of peace will be with you 
not the peace of God, which right. are two different things. Two different things. Um, and then also, like the way it's written, the, the way Paul writes this, it, it looks like it's conditional, mm-hmm. right? So, so like, if you think on these things, then the God of peace will be with you. Yep. But if you don't, he won't. He won't, yeah. So, Let's let's talk about those. Yeah, so those two I'll jump in. Um, of the two that you mentioned, the God of peace and then the conditional statement, um, I wanted it to say the peace of God because in my mind that makes it a little cleaner uh, if it is a conditional statement um, because it would just be oh well God wouldn't leave you or, or God God would not stand guard over you, um, but I think there's power in what he says the God of peace right so he's speaking about the the, the Godhead that that God Himself comes and stands guard over our heart. That's an amazing image to me mm-hmm. that Paul writes and that we are to understand. And I think from that, that's why he says, okay, because the Lord is near, because he does that, we can let our our gentleness, we can let our reasonableness be known to everyone. So we don't have to be fearful because he's standing guard over us. But that ending, and I did not say this yesterday, uh, even if I had all the time in the world, I probably wouldn't have said this yesterday. <laughs> but I think that's what's fun about this podcast is we can talk about the harder things that we are wrestling with in the text. And so I am wrestling with this because to me, this is a conditional statement. I don't believe it's conditional in the sense of if we don't practice these things, then God's going to be mad at us and take his ball and bat and leave. But I do believe that there is this idea to understand that, that God has established himself in the same way, and, and I'm just riffing right now, right? So this is no study. It's not in the notes. Like this is just in my mind as I'm processing real time. That whenever we see God establish himself in the Old Testament, we see God do so through the temple. And or at least his presence is going to be there. Or even prior to that on the mountain, we knew where God would be. The people could get as close as they wanted to, or they could get as far away as they wanted to. But knowing that God would not ever change, that he would always be there. He is faithful and true. The people are what change. The people are the ones who are fickle, never God. And so in this, I believe, and and I've experienced this, and and the only reason I would say this is it's experiential for me, that there are times when when I'm reminded of God's faithfulness, when I'm reminded of God's nearness, when I draw near to God, I know and it feels, and this is going to sound more Pentecostal than, than Baptist, and I'm okay with it. It feels like the enemy flees in that moment. It feels like all anxiety is washed away when I draw near to the Father. But in the same way that when I am not near to the Father, when I'm in my own thoughts, when I'm caught in my own sin, when I don't want to be repentant, when I don't want to, to, to give up control of my life, I feel further away. And that's when I realize the anxiety is harder and more crushing than it's ever been. So I believe experientially that this is a conditional statement, although a hard one. And I don't, again, I don't believe that it's God being angry and saying, well, if you don't want to trust me that I'm leaving, God is always there. God has promised to stand. God has promised to guard, but it is us who withdraws from his presence. That's, that's experiential right here. Mm-hmm. What would you guys say to that? Or not even to that, to you. What, what is it? I'm, ta- I'm taking a yeah, step. Take All it right. in. So I, I really appreciate this conversation. I, I would almost say I, I wanted I wanted to say at first that it gives God the freedom to work in that moment, but I don't like that because I'm I can't do anything to really bind him. Sure. So but I, I think it does your illustration of of the Old Testament practice of people can draw as close as they want. The closer I am, the clearer picture I have of right. who God is, right? That's right? And and we we hear I'm 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 reading God of Peace. 
we see all throughout the Bible that God is uh, described with some characteristic, you know, mm-hmm. the God who provides, the, the God who fights for us, the God. And, and I think in different circumstances, we see the different attributes or characteristics of God, right? right. Um, so in this setting, if it, once again, if I, if I choose to practice, Paul says, practice these things. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm thinking in such a way, if I'm living life alongside others, confessing to one another, being encouraged by one another, then I have a clearer picture right. of what the peace of God looks like when I put those things into practice. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's gone or he's left and right. he's upset with me like you described. He's there. But if I choose not to practice these things, then I have a very clouded vision mm-hmm. of who God is in those significant moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, he's, he's always there. He's always at work too. Yeah, like right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not I'm not going to hinder his work. He, he's more powerful than I can, but it does blur my vision. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is the way I would describe it um, as to who he is. But That's good. I like what you said, Sean, when you said choose to practice. Mm-hmm. Choose to practice. And I think that's um, just a pivotal moment in this passage for me. Practice these things. And I often think about when you see a, a child who's learning how to color and they're like, I don't know how to color. I can't draw very well. And you, well, you're going to practice. You just mm-hmm. need to actively. Mm-hmm. It just implies that, okay, I'm, I'm setting my mind on things that are above. I'm setting my mind on things of Christ through this passage and through these things. And that's intentional. Mm-hmm. That takes people around you in your corner, too, uh-huh. who are encouraging you on toward the truth, um, mm-hmm. to your point earlier. But sometimes we choose those relationships and friendships that keep us, keep us in the, in the uh, mud and mm-hmm. not in the truth. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. I feel like I muddled that a little no, bit. No, that's okay. I, I, that's... I, I love, like, going back, it reminds me of, of the passage last week, though. Like, why practice? If I, if I don't. If I don't have to practice something, it means I've perfected it, yeah. right? But Paul reminds us, not that I've already obtained, obtained this it. or yeah. already made perfect, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. but instead I, I continue to strive and, yeah. and reach toward yeah. Christ. Um, and I, I think that's that's key. That's why we practice is we, if we say we need to practice something, it means we understand that we're broken and that we haven't obtained it and we still need mm. Jesus. Absolutely. And right. so, <clears throat> and there's practice, uh, there's safety in the practice. Uh, I want I want to clarify, I know we're getting closer on our time. Um, I, I do believe this is a conditional statement, but I don't believe it's conditional on your salvation. Uh, I don't believe it. it is, if, if you practice these things, then you're saved. And if you don't, then you're not. Because it's not saying that that God will be with you or God won't be with you, but it's the God of peace, and so it is this attribute of peace that is there, uh, and or or not, and and so in the same way, if you're going back and using the Old Testament illustration of the temple, um, they they could get as close as they they were able to and, and would choose to, but also if they didn't, they were still God's people. Mm-hmm. They they were still even when the temple was destroyed, they were still God's people. Their, their far awayness did not negate the fact that they belong to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think for us, I, I don't want us to understand this in a way that if you practice these things, then God is going to love you more, that God is going to accept you better, or you're going to stay saved. And if you choose not to, or you find yourself getting anxious, or you find yourself worrying, then that's proof that you don't belong to him anymore. That's not true. You, by Christ's grace alone, we belong to God for eternity. Mm. Um, but it is in these practices that 
I would say that your your image that you use, Sean, is great. We get a clearer picture, and when we see him, it's like the illustration that I used yesterday. It's just the one that means the most to me. In the darkness of night, when my kids are terrified and they don't know what's mm-hmm. going on in their room, and they're, they they don't want to get out of the bed because the monster under the bed is going to get their feet, all the things, and all it takes is me to walk into the room, and all of their fears are gone, and they can lay back down and go to sleep immediately. I think there's a lot to that in God, right? So, so in our fear and our worry, his nearness to us and our clarity in seeing him and, and understanding who he is. Oh, that's dad. <sighs> I can rest now. Mm-hmm. I know he's here. I know, and I know that he was in his room. <laughs> like, like for my kids, terrible illustration will break down. I know he's in the house, but I need to see him. Mm-hmm. And when I see him, mm-hmm. my heart's at ease. Yeah. So we've got we've got just a couple more minutes here, and I, I want us to to come back to something that I, I meant to hit at the beginning of our podcast, and I and I forgot I moved on to something else. But uh, uh, I love first of all I love that we um, so often get to begin our service with baptism, mm-hmm. and uh, and Sunday we we got to <laughs> we had four people you know mm-hmm. that that we got to uh, experience. Um, you know, going through the, the waters of baptism. And so, uh, and three of those were baptized by Kendall Moore, who's a, just a really long time faithful mm-hmm. member of this church and, and who is a, a brilliant guy. Um, and I thought, you know, as he, as he set up those baptisms, like it was, it was such a beautiful, uh, beautiful statement he made. And, um, Neil, we were, when we were talking about, uh, before the podcast, uh, you know, I, I think, is there, is there anything we want to just, just, just add to that or, or clarify uh, for anybody that might have been listening on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think uh, it is a. It's so cool to start a service off with um, with baptism. Uh, a couple things for me on baptism. One is I think I'm learning. Uh, I had maybe a myopic view of baptism of being singular, singularly the person's individual response and act of obedience. Therefore, it really didn't matter. I think uh, the more I've engaged that topic. Mm. or practice, the more of understanding it's, it's not only about the individual's response, it's also about the church's affirmation mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm. And so what I saw Sunday was um, Kendall do a really great job of leading and uh, a church experiencing in, uh, three of those individuals, their response, and a church affirming that. And what he talked about was that we welcome everyone's, your faith story coming in. Um, and he talked about the idea that different denominations handle baptism differently, um, if at all. And so what he did was honor. He said, remember where you start off with if you came from a different denomination and you have these spiritual markers mm-hmm. that might include a christening or a dedication. He said, those are beautiful because in the church you were at, those were um, where you believed you were supposed to be. Those were important milestones that um, were used to help you uh, to work out your faith, to grow in faith. And what I, what I heard him say, or maybe what I kind of filled in the blanks was, and if you believe that the Holy Spirit is leading you to Broadmoor, which is a Baptist denomination, then what those individuals demonstrated was a willingness to say, I'm no longer an outside consumer of the church, but a family member, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes as a follower of Jesus to be a united family member here. And so my step of obedience and my act of submission demonstrated it to Christ and his church is to go through believer's baptism. And anything that would stand in the way of that for someone who wants to be part of that family is simply an obstacle. And what they demonstrated was, I want to be here. This is where we believe the Holy Spirit is here. 
leading us to be here. Mm-hmm. Therefore, this is what we will do in mm-hmm. response to that, rather than a preferential thing of, oh, well, it, in some way it feels like we're negating or dis- disqualifying those other things as not helpful spiritual moments. They were, but if the Holy Spirit's leading you here, mm-hmm. then this is your next step of obedience to become part of a family rather than being a consumer of the church. Mm-hmm. Now I may have messed all kind of stuff. No, up. No, I think I think that's great. I think um, probably for most of my listeners, they they probably know what a believer's baptism is, but just for the off chance that they they wouldn't, what is believer's baptism? What would you say? Go ahead, Sean. Sean. I would I would say it's is someone who has responded in faith to Christ, mm-hmm. that has uh, repented of their sins, uh, recognized that Jesus is Lord. Upon that profession of faith that their faith um their their redemption their salvation comes through christ and christ alone Mm -hmm. then at that point we're saying that that person is following through with baptism to as as a testimony of sorts but also as a to me it's almost as a covenant with the church to hey we're we're i'm a follower of christ i recognize you're a follower you are followers of christ together we're going to collectively begin walking this journey together and so i think it comes after the fact of professing faith in christ Mm -hmm. um and so when we talk about believers baptism it's that something that comes after profession of faith in christ um to testify to that family believers Mm -hmm. that we we are following him what are the two Technical terms that go along with baptism, two different types. Credo? Uh, pedo. And pedo. pedo. And mm-hmm. so what's pedo? Yeah. So pedo would be like infant baptism or, or you or you were you were child baptism. Credo is what we would profess that we would say it is we 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 are saying, saying. that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by that creed we stand in front of each mm-hmm. other and we affirm that to your right. point mm-hmm. as the individual to the church and to the church to the individual and we right. say we agree together that Christ is Lord over our mm-hmm. life. Mm. It's good. It's a good discussion. Yep. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, today, uh, as we record this, it is Monday, November 27th. Tomorrow, Tuesday, November 28th, there's a big event going on. Right, Beth? Let's do this. Wait, there's Mike, something going on? Say? What? What's happening? I what? think so. Let's have a gathering. It's a men's retreat. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as long as you retreat at your house. Okay. <laughs> you know, my, my prayer for tomorrow night, if for our listeners and for all of us and stuff, is that, that we don't have an event tomorrow night, but that we mm-hmm. have um, a time for women for renewal and restoration in the relationship with Christ. Um, a chance to take two steps back and say, um, where am I in my journey? Um, we've got a thousand people coming, so women are going to be all over the place in terms of where they are spiritually. And, but my hope is that, and my hope and prayer is that they look back on this time as one of those markers, one of those times that they said, this is where I nailed something down mm-hmm. um, spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's where I'll nail down um, Either a starting a relationship with Christ, which would be absolutely incredible. Uh, Tara Lee's focus is more for the believers, though more where they can nail down. This is where I renewed, and um, and I asked God to restore some places in my life that had that need that needed restoration. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's good. So a thousand women coming uh, tomorrow night. So what would you well, say? Nine hundred ninety nine women plus Neil. 
Shut yeah. I'm not allowed to sit down front. I have to no. sit in the. You got to sit in the shadowy There's land. There's so much we can say there, but uh, we won't. Tickets are so. still at the door. Yes, twenty five dollars, uh, both at the front door and at the love doors. I know if you're listening, you don't know where those doors are. Just come in a door. We'll help you. But um, you know, there's vendors, there's food, there's all those things. But more than anything, I just want the spirit of the Lord to be with us and uh, to bring about a camaraderie and an mm. encouragement, uh, truth. All those things we talked about today mm -hmm. um, to refocus our minds on the things of Christ. So there are tickets available at the door. Yes, so the if door. someone's listening to this Come tonight on. or in the morning, sometime tomorrow yeah. during the day, they can show up to the event and they get sure tickets. Can. Four now, to seven, shopping and food. And then at seven, Tara Lee Cobble will be speaking. Bible recap. You yeah. seem shocked, I'm, Mike. You seem, I don't know. No, not shocked. I was just going to make a clarification, yeah. uh, it, which may not be clear. Uh, the marketplace is yeah. free. Like anybody can show up and come, and on in for that. come to the yeah, marketplace four to from seven, four to seven. You buy something to eat. The tickets can, are for the event. Tickets are for the event at seven. Twisted yes. Turnip going to be there? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and shout out to the Twisted Turnip. I've got a t shirt I'll be wearing tomorrow. It's going to be great. Mm. They're going to be there along with Salamookies, Fernando's, and Beagle Bagel. You know, I Twisted Turnip's got a lot of free advertising on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they have. I look forward to that free lunch. You know, to the. the <laughs> <laughs> to the literally thousands and thousands of people that listen to this. Our <laughs> massive audience. All seven. So, uh, well, hey, My everyone. My mother and all three others. That's it. That's it. <laughs> thank, you for, uh, thank you for your time today. Always great uh, having these conversations. Looking forward to next week and wrapping yes. up the, the book of Philippians. And starting and Advent. Onward from there. So, uh, love you guys. Yeah. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.